I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. The Nets underdogs last night at Portland. No KD, no Kyrie. Harden puts up 25, 17 assists. Nets are the clear favorite to be the NBA champions. Speaking of Harden, MVP maybe? At one of the sharpest books in Vegas, the Westgate, he's now the second favorite Harden to win the MVP. A man named the Joker from Denver is the favorite, big favorite, even money for Jokic. Tampa Bay signs more veterans in the NFL, getting the band back together, the defending champions, but still not favored. The favorite, Kansas City. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. the Vegas Strip. Here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Wednesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. In studio, Steve Fezzik making an appearance. Were you on the way to vacation or anything? <laughs> Just say, hey, draw me off at the, draw me off at the studio. I'll, I'll do a quick segment. Can't watch basketball every day, all day. Oh, is, is that right? You, that, so that's code that you've been working? Watching basketball. Yes. Well, so you're just going to have so much wisdom to drop <laughs> on us. That's great. Now, which games did you watch yesterday, was it? There was the CBI. or Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think we're going to be talking about that a ton. <laughs> Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. I'm a pro. Fez is a part-time pro. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a banishment in the National Hockey League, we've also got the NCAA tournament continuing as we get one step closer to the Sweet 16. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Jonas, I thought we went over this last year. We talk hockey for one minute if there's a Game 7 of the Stanley Cup. (laughs) That's it. I'm going to go to, and this is what... The herd led with today, and I I think it's important, is Aaron Rodgers and some really backtracking or misreporting from yesterday. Yesterday we said, ooh, he's making a contract adjustment, Rodgers is, and it's going to benefit the Green Bay uh, salary cap. Now, it looks like today it did not happen. What does that mean about Aaron Rodgers' future? Yeah, there had been some conversations about a possible restructuring of Aaron Rodgers' contract to free up that space for the Green Bay Packers, but reports say that was not done, and Aaron Rodgers and the Packers move forward with the contract at hand. Obviously, Tom Brady is the North Star, is the guiding light when it comes to these things. And as we talked about yesterday, it looked like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers is going to kind of buy in. Now, we don't know if that adjustment would have been good or bad net-net for Aaron, but we know it would have been good for the team. And as far as I can see, this was the team deciding not to do this. The only reason Green Bay would decide not to do this, only one reason, is they do not want to further their commitment 
to increase their commitment to Aaron Rodgers. And that's what this would have done. Whenever you kick that can down the road, you're effectively saying, hey, you'll be here next year. You'll be here the year after. And we can prorate it on down. This is Green Bay saying we're far from certain that Aaron Rodgers will be here even next year. Don't forget, a quarterback named Love is on the bench. When's the last time a first-round quarterback has sat on the bench, a second season even, without even being given a chance? It's one thing to get benched. Hmm. He hasn't thrown a pass. Now, by all reports, he wasn't ready to throw a pass. But the reason this was a good pick, by most people's opinion, Love maybe had the most physical talent. He was right up there, top-tier physical talent in the draft last year. But he wasn't... It was a project. He needed development. So what's the perfect situation? you got a starting quarterback who's aged or aging, maybe aged. But last year he would say no, and I would say he's right. What a year from Aaron Rodgers. We were skeptics coming in because the prior like four years had been down. And it was a shocker. Now, some may say Jordan Love had something to do with that. I think he had to, but it could be a coincidence And if that's the case, you kind of got to think, well, this is good. He's going to be mad again. So they'll get another good year out of Aaron Rodgers, 37 years old right now. Now, with Brady, we start thinking, oh, he's got five good years left, six good years. But other than Brady, what do we think? Who hasn't hit the wall by age 40? All right, Breeze kind of, you know, I think he did. I mean, he still had good numbers, but so to me – This is Green Bay saying, we're not sure. It's going to be interesting to see how Aaron reacts. And I think as we go around the horn here, and we'll start with Fez, I think this is the question that we don't ask enough. Would you rather be good for a long time or great for a short time? Because this is about being good because they're not as good as they could be this year. They could be borderline great this year. They made the 13 and 3 conference finals 2 years ago. 13 and 3 conference finals last year. They're two wins away from a Super Bowl and they they seem to be doing nothing to increase their chances. Now you might say, "Hey, it was just a roll of the dice. Couple interceptions, one pass before the half from Brady." Yeah, and what we've seen is Tampa Bay looking like this is some kind of action movie and bringing everyone back, you know? It's like, it's like Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> yeah, you think about it. And Green Bay sitting there going, well, we, we, we signed our running back. So, but Green Bay's history is good, 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 mm, better than good, good, good. Now, you can say only two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers, or you can say victories, or you can say, wow, look at the consistency. Green Bay, I think the third best record this century. Where do you come down, Fez? You got to feel Green Bay underperformed considering, you know, that quarterback play. How often do you get two great Hall of Fame quarterbacks like that to only get two Super Bowls? But does that say about Green See, we're presupposing that's we know how good Aaron Rodgers is. Maybe what we know is Aaron Rodgers is like a Jeff George that has a little bit more team in his mind, but not much more because Jeff George was a heck of a quarterback, right? How good was Dan Marino? 
A great quarterback. So was it his fault or Don Shula's mm. or whose? I don't know. Right? But what I know is we can't presuppose. It can't be, hey, if Aaron Rodgers wins the Super Bowl, congratulations, you're awesome. And if he doesn't, that goddamn team? Sure. Why'd they fall short for you, Aaron? And, and I have to tell you that this Aaron Rodgers this last year, talk about an outlying data point, because Aaron Rodgers was great for like four or five years. And then he was, he was a pretty good quarterback for four or five years. And then all of a sudden, boom, he became the best quarterback in the league last year. What a shock. To me, that is an indictment of Aaron Rodgers, because if it's just random, right? But if you look at, like, PFF does a good job. It's not just stats. They look at every play, and Aaron Rodgers had a score that was just so much better than the last couple years at PFF. So you finally get someone ruffling your feathers. You come in in better shape by all accounts and have your best season in five years. That means you could have had that same season the last four years, but you didn't put in that last little bit of work that it took you being mad at someone to do. So to me, the questions as we go to Jonas, Green Bay, good for decades or great, and they're choosing good. They're choosing to move on. Now, it's irony, obviously, that Aaron Rodgers was the guy waiting in the wings when Favre was there. It's hard for him to complain now, but if anything, he knows that team. I wouldn't want to necessarily play against him once this first year out of Green Bay because it sounds like another reason to get in shape. I don't know if we'll be too old. Jonas, what's your main takeaway? I mean, as far as just Aaron Rodgers and his the being good but not quite great, it's also the fact they've gotten to the conference championship game, what, five times? And I think he's one in four. And he hasn't yes. played all that great in those conference championship games. Blame the, big, the team, Fez yeah, says. The big discussion was he finally got one at home. He'd never had one at home. Well, he got it at home, and Tampa Bay rolled him. And then... I just I look at the Jordan Love situation and I and I say this: you don't move up in the draft to take that mm. guy unless you really believe he's going to be the dude at some point soon. And it feels like this is the last year for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Let, let me ask you something because I have I have a, a Twitter tweet as they call him from uh, nine months ago debunking your point, not you making it, but that point. So let me ask you. If the trade up, what does that represent to you? Because what, what I think it represents to people is, oh, you went out of your way. It's like if, a, if you're talking to some ex-girlfriend, it's one thing if you ran into her at the corner store. It's another thing if you went to her birthday party, right, it, with, the, with your girlfriend, wife, whatever. Is It strikes me that if the trade was... A net positive. So let's just say for the sake of argument, we'll say draft points, right? Because they do have the Jimmy Johnson list. Mm. There's other lists out there that are more modern. And let's say they were able to move up four spots. And I think it was about four. I'm not sure. Maybe three. And let's say that it cost them 300 draft points and it was worth 400. So really, in that case, you're plus 100 on the transaction, so if anything, taking love there actually means less than if you would have taken them picks later because you actually gained, it's like you made a transaction beforehand, right? So when I looked at it, it looked like they got a good deal on the trade-up. I just I, I know it means that their intent, they have an intent, but isn't that the same thing picking them 
at whatever spot would be is once you make a pick, it's with intent, right? Yeah, even if they hadn't traded up for him, I still think they identified him as enough of a talent that they couldn't let him pass. They couldn't let him risk losing him. And the fact that they moved up four spots, I, I mean, that just makes me believe it even more that they look at him as their quarterback of the future. And that's why there's a lot of these rumblings that are saying, and, and as you mentioned, kick the can down the road. You're in essence tying yourself to that person that player for another year the fact that they're taking this approach i would bet this is aaron Rodgers' last season in green bay and i think you're right and, and i think his performance last year which was the best in the league statistically in the regular season aaron Rodgers' performance threw a monkey wrench in all the plans yes because if if aaron Rodgers would have kept on his path of you know, decaying just a little smidge, another decay last year, it would have been obvious one more year, buddy, Big Ben style. And then if you want to go limping Joe Namath to the Rams, go ahead. The fact that he became otherworldly, I mean, literally, I, I, now now what do you do if you're Green Bay? Do you say, let's, let's try to trade Jordan Love, which is valid, I think, and let's hitch a wagon to Roger Starr, but let's be honest. Is there any NFL player, an ownership group, or a front office would feel less comfortable being beholden to? The idea that not only are you the quarterback, but we had to come back crawling and say, you know, we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think that's something, even if they thought on the field it was going to be okay, I don't think that's sustainable. Because when Aaron Rodgers has an inch, he takes as many inches as he can. Maybe that's fine. I'm not saying that's a problem, but I think that's part of it why they wouldn't want to say, go back to him and say, hey, let's trade Jordan Love. You ready to sign an extension? But then he's got you, right? Yeah, then you've got an admission that um, you've essentially you were mismanaged wrong. the situation. You were wrong. He was right. Now he's going to save you. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think that helps him at all. I mean, what would you do if you were in Green Bay? I mean, let's say the pick is made. They got Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers does what he does. What do you do, Jonas? Uh, uh, meaning after this season? What do you do right now? Like, what's your intent right now? Is it to keep him after this season? Me personally, I would keep him after this season, but the, all signs are pointing towards they're ready to walk away from this thing. And, and whatever – I don't know what, if they're if, – contractually, I would need to look at what it would cost for them to cut him and then also, you know, what they could potentially get in return as far as draft capital. But it just feels like this is sort of a, hey, this is probably going to be it, and then we move on and go in another direction. McKenzie and Research does a great job. Pulls up my tweet from May 29, 2020. Jonas Knox, attention – oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Those saying Green Bay trading up – to pick love means it wasn't value-based are wrong, all caps. If market price is paid to trade up, it doesn't hurt or help net value. Leaving the following, did love offer material value at number 26? Moving up shows intent, but there are no unintentional NFL draft picks. See, I had more time with that. I had that little twist at the end. <laughs> but I agree with Jonas in general. Forget the trade up. It showed intent. It showed this love is our guy. And you know the irony of all this? I bet they can get more than they paid for love right now. How, how many teams are desperate for a quarterback? How many teams are hot for love? 
maybe as a second rounder. But now, if you're New England, you maybe give up a little more. Or, I mean, there's seven or eight. If, if you're San Francisco, if you're Chicago, <laughs> yes. how much more do you want Jordan Love than the red water pistol? Yeah, after six games and they're two and four with Mr. Dalton. Mm. Well, I'm saying now. I'm saying that, that, that quarterback, if they're talking Sam Darnold after three years of futility, has only dropped you know, maybe 30 picks, Jordan Love's probably gone up. I mean, what do you think? Last thought, Jonas. What do they get for Jordan Love if they trade him right now? I don't think they would get a one, but I think they could get oh, a two. What? I think they wouldn't get they they picked him a one. He hasn't taken a snap. They wouldn't yeah. get a one. I mean, I, I don't think they'd get a one for him. I really don't. Oh my! Mm. So you think Sam Darnold and Jordan Love would get about the same, like number thirty-five pick? No, 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 no. I think you would get more for Jordan Love, but I don't think you're getting a number one pick. He just, I would he love hasn't seen anything. How about this? Let's we'll make a pizza bet. If he gets traded before the end of this season, I say they get a one for him. Pizza I'll do we'll that. bet. I'll do that. All right, baby. Law, I finally got Jonas that now. Don't he's... bet against RJ Bell. <laughs> no, Haven't you been paying attention to what he's been doing, Jonas? See, the trick is now we get him getting a little bit of fever going. Who knows what he's gonna be betting <laughs> next? All right, when we come back, we're gonna talk about LeBron James. And I'm gonna say something so shocking. If you love LeBron, you might hate it, or you might say, RJ, I gotta admit you're right, but it's gonna be a shocker. And he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree. If you speak out against the words, then the hammer's gonna fall. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at the injury-prone Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, great first segment. Heated discussion about Aaron Rodgers. Finally got Jonas batting a pizza on if they trade Jordan Love. Does he get a, do the Packers get a first round pick for him? I say yes. He says no. You know which way to go. <laughs> One other thought, though, on Green Bay. And Jonas, I don't know if you've read this before. I haven't read this, and that's why I'm saying it, questioning it. Colin today and others have said Green Bay's got to spend more money. Why aren't they spending money? Why can't they retain their center? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I think they're right. If you look at Tampa Bay, you look at the Saints. But here's the thing I kind of understand. If you want to kind of play the game with the voidable years and kick the can down the road, cash flow-wise, the owners have to be willing to pony up. I was listening on a Ringer podcast to a Saints beat writer saying, hey, it's the Saints ownership willing to write those checks and, you know, writing checks ahead of time, prepaying people, all kind of things, millions. Well, with Green Bay, they are a publicly owned company. And it, I'm guessing that within the charter, they've got restrictions on doing wacky $50 million things like that. And if so, do have you read or heard that's one of the reasons Green Bay is less ambitious with, with the cap manipulation? Yeah, I've heard some of that. Although, I, I, I don't know if how much of this is them just trusting their ability to find talent in the draft that they like to build from within. But I, I, I've heard... 
that, yeah, they are uh, publicly owned and they don't really have anybody that they answer to as far as an owner goes. So because of that, they've got the ability to do things a little bit differently, a little bit more family operated than than. Ethics. Yeah. And, and I think Jerry Jones is an example of, you know, guy that wrote a big check to Dak that, that yeah. allowed them to mani- manipulate the cap this year. I wonder if the Packers can do that kind of thing. I'd be interested to find. I'm going to do a little research on that, but I think it means something. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep working extra hard to deliver more winners. By the way, Faz, that Phoenix to win the Pacific. How strong was that Ooh. by you? Twelve to one, RJ. And this Ooh, is an I think example. they're minus one seventy now. Yes. Is that right? Uh, minus one forty. Man, but they're I, clear I, favorite. I think I know how to price this better than that they do. So I'm going to say 170. <laughs> I tell you this: seven straight wins from Phoenix on the road. They're on you, a mission. You know, they're the best road team in the NBA. They've only lost five games all year on the road. Everyone else has lost seven or more. I like that undervalued team. All right. So if you want to send hams, turkeys, or when it cashes, I'm I'm going to receive it. I'll, you know, it might go down to the, you know. Soup kitchen, but I still like the idea of the audience giving a little something. So, <laughs> pop that weather back up there, Mackenzie. We didn't finish the weather. Oh, wait, we did. No, we didn't. Why would you take that down, Mackenzie? I thought we had. You, you trying to, because I was 12 to, you know, got that 12 to 1 winner, you're trying to make me look bad now saying, oh, we'll take a little joy out of his show. Was that it? No, you deserve all the joy. <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 cents of value in two weeks. Well, yeah, and the hardened stuff, I'm feeling good. And yesterday, what do you think of the Washington? So yesterday I gave my best bet, NFL preseason or, or before the season, best bet Washington to win the division plus 350. I love this bet. And you went out and bet that just yeah. yesterday as well. Well, when I give bets, I bet it. Absolutely. And, you know, I went back and looked at the defense at the end of the year, seven straight games. Last year, regular season, Washington State held their opponents to 20 or fewer points. That is impressive. Well, I think, you know, like I said yesterday, the bet's still out there if you haven't made it. Fitzmagic, I think, is the best quarterback other than a dream Hail Mary type they could have gotten. I mean, who else is available that you'd rather have? Nobody. And you, you're high on Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I mean, like, where do you got him ranked right now? My number 14 quarterback. And if you read above, it's like none of them are available. No. Now, we can debate that, but they made some other good signings. I, I'm very happy with it. But again, we don't, we, we want to talk about our winners and our losers, but that's a new one. So I appreciate that. Right here on the strip, it's 67 degrees and the neon is flowing. It's RJ. The Los Angeles Lakers are reeling their third loss in a row to New Orleans last night. All of this, of course, without LeBron James down for several weeks with a high ankle sprain. Okay, hot take time. Now listen, I could be wrong. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard (laughs) completely. uh... But I'm not. LeBron James, what he did after he got hurt is the most magnified, oh my God, is this guy crazy? Now, I just heard this today. Did you hear this, Jonas, that after he got hurt, you know, I heard he came in and hit a three and said, oh, I can't do it. But what it ended up being was he had seven points at this point in the game. And all the way back to 2007, he's had 
double digits in every game, double digit scoring in every game. He hurts his ankle in a way they slam in the court, and he literally says, Coach, put me back in. I'm gonna, and he takes the three, hits it, gets the 10, and goes and sits down and ices it. Now, listen, one, that's cool. I mean, in a way, if that was something that mattered, that's cool. But this is exactly why the chances of him gotten, getting hurt went up. He was playing too many minutes. We talked about it, right? Yeah, and just two games before, he had nine rebounds. It was a blowout, and LeBron wouldn't come out of the game. He's like, I got to get that 10th rebound. I got to get my triple-double for this game. Okay, but, I mean, we can debate that one because everyone likes a Mm triple-double. It's one more play. He's playing a lot of minutes anyway. What I'm questioning is his whole effort to get the MVP, the obvious effort that we talked about, we said, was this at the expense of the Lakers winning the title? No one has any doubt if LeBron rested more, the Lakers would have a better chance to win the title. But also, if LeBron rested more, do we know if he would have got hurt? Now, we know we don't know if he wouldn't have, but what we know is the accumulated miles, fatigue, over a career, over a game, over a season, they all add up to something. And it was just a couple years ago that Golden State had two catastrophic injuries in the finals, and we defined or uh, defined a catastrophic injury of being out 10 months or more was a speculation at the time, projection. There had only been two injuries of that magnitude the entire season in the entire NBA. 30 teams... 82 games plus all the playoff games up until the final series, the finals, there were two. And then Golden State, who had played more games in the prior five years than any team in history, has two blown, you know, catastrophic injuries. Coincidence? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not, LeBron's a, a man's man when it comes to getting hurt. Let's give him credit. But Jonas, can you even debate that the more fatigued an older player is, the more likely he is to get hurt. And then my next question is, how egregious is it to with an injury that's going to keep you out a month, you go to get some personal record? Well, I think he's been really going after the not only the personal record, but the all-time scoring record. I think he wants that desperately. I think he was campaigning, like we said, uh, for the MVP vote. And, and I think this is all about just adding to his collection of awards. At what expense, though? At what exactly. expense? Exactly. And and I think, he, I think he probably feels like he's lost the NBA titles debate, because even if he does get to six like Jordan, he's lost so many that you really can't compare that to, to Jordan in the sense that you, you were, came up short so many times, so now he's trying to find other ways that he can stake claim to being the greatest of all time. Now, is, is this something that you come down on that side? Because a lot of people come down on the old, well, I didn't know it was better to lose earlier. I always thought it'd be better to lose in the finals. That, that was my voice that the dumb people <laughs> said. Because I can, you know, I'll be honest, I can see that side. It's like, is there virtue, you know, the fact that Jordan lost against uh, Orlando, that, you know, that half seat or quarter season he played, is that better than if he had lost in the finals? Or So, like, I don't know. I, I do think there's a mystique to the 6-0, and but if Jordan even had one loss, 
I think it goes then to the idea of how many finals did you make? What do you think, John? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's the perfect record in the finals that that, yeah. that tips the scale, and it's what everybody – it's the go-to every time they argue Jordan or LeBron, they go to the finals. So now it feels like LeBron is finding – I mean, look, he was in an interview before he won this last title with the Lakers – in which he said after he won the title in Cleveland, in his mind, he became the greatest of all time. And people <laughs> scoffed at that. So if you already think that you're the greatest of all time and it was because you won a championship, well, what else is out there for you to do? Go chase this all-time scoring list. Go try and win some MVPs. And obviously, even with an injured ankle, continue your 10 or more uh, consecutive games with 10 or more point streak that you had. And so, yeah, it, I've, I've felt like he's been chasing this stuff for a little while now. That's Jonas Knox. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. To me, LeBron is more like Kareem. And Kareem is someone who's kind of a little lost to the modern fan. But, I mean, this was maybe at a certain point considered the best player of all time. He was literally like the third best player on a finals team when he was like 42 years old. Kareem was another era when it came to he did yoga, martial arts. I mean, the hook shot. He was just a... He was a unique, brilliant fellow, but he certainly was a one-offer. And I'm not saying that's LeBron. I'm just saying Kareem stats over all that time. That's the scoring champion that LeBron's chasing. And Kareem had titles. I think he had four exactly, if I'm not mistaken. But he played in a bunch and lost a bunch. It's kind. Of, it's the accumulated stat. If you're going to say who's had the most accomplishments in a career, I think LeBron maybe is going to get that one. But that never was what Jordan was. Jordan was the greatest player of all time, the GOAT, that, in his, that during an extended height pinnacle, it's not a Gale Sayers for a two-years thing, extended pinnacle, he was the best player ever to step on the court. I don't think that one's debatable, but if you're anti-LeBron, like I am kind of am, at least in that debate, you got to give him credit for the 20. I mean, the, the and plus, who knows, he might play to his... With his son or whatever you hear, he might play another five years. He might kill all those records. I don't think, though, Fez, we can act like it's a coincidence that he's had two major injuries. Maybe he's had he had that week, or I think it was like two weeks he took off when he needed a vacation about four or five years ago with Cleveland, like right around January or February. They said he was hurt, but who knows? Two of his most major injuries, if not most major, have now in the last two or the last three years. is I mean, he's a human being. This feels like it's a sign of vulnerability that as he gets older, he's going to get hurt more. Yeah, and it all goes back to you talking about Golden State and all those extra minutes they played in the playoffs and who's putting more miles in during the playoffs than LeBron over these years as well. I mean, let me say this finally. Kareem actually had six rings. I didn't know that. Wow, six rings. Five with the Lakers, one with the Bucks. He was a one-man team with the Bucks, huh? Oh, by the way, coincidentally, LeBron had eight points once in 2011, but that was just the finals <laughs> against the Mavs. We don't want to count that one. But imagine that I'm uh, Tom Brady was um, in the Super Bowl, and imagine he was doing something. Hmm, what would the analogy be? Let's say he was doing something before the game. That, I don't even know what the... Usually, I thought I had one here. 
maybe I won't even try for the analogy. I'll just one more time kind of state, like, do we get what's happening here? LeBron James is hurt. He knows he's hurt. He knows in his mind that he hasn't gotten 10 points. Now that, you got to wonder about that to start with. And he tells the coach, I know I'm hurt. If someone steps on this ankle, it could extend this injury. Who knows on a jump shot, what's going to happen with a hurt ankle? But I want to take this shot, and this will not in any way, this will probably hurt us to win this game. Because odds are he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Right? On one leg. Can't play defense. But, but accept the fact that I'm going to hurt the team here, and accept the fact that I'm going to increase the chance of injuring this again or ex- exacerbating the injury, aggravating it, whatever. Because I want to get some record hardly anyone knows about, mm. which is I've scored 10 points since 2007 or 8. It really is the most selfish thing I've seen. And anyone that can question that LeBron said, I'm going to hurt the Lakers' chances to win a title for this, you're wrong. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. All right, take our final break. When we come back, let's keep it simple again. Yesterday, I gave you a best bet. Fez has a sweet 16 best bet. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, and it's money-making time next here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And RJ, it is best bet time from Steve Fezzik as we go to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Come on, baby, $80,000! <laughs> Stop on Florida State plus three against Michigan. Now I'm fading the Big Ten. This is obvious. Michigan's had a te- the Big Ten has had a terrible tournament. Michigan's the only remaining team. Thus, I think Michigan got overvalued playing all the Iowa's. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So, what does Ken Palm say this should be, Mackenzie? Check it. Because we're assuming. They've gotten overvalued. Give me a gauge of what this line would have been and what it, sh- what it is now. Ken- I'm thinking the line's moved drastically is what it, I'm thinking. It has. Ken Palm would have made this game six. Okay. And the current line? Three. So I'm confused. How much do you downgrade the Big Ten? Three points. Mm-hmm. Six minus three. I'm going to do this in my head. <laughs> okay. It's lined up. Exactly right. But what doesn't line and, up. And let's be clear real quick. So what Fez is saying is, hey, Big Ten's losing a bunch. It means the Big Ten's not as good as we thought. I agree 100% with him. We talked about it at length yesterday. Now he's saying because of that, at least I thought he was, we're going to bet against the Big Ten. But then my thought was, hmm, how's the market reacted to the Big Ten's poor performance? And now we're saying Ken Palm, which is a power rating that people trust, that says it should be six, it's three, which means, hey, there's been a three-point downgrade. That's gigantic. That's more than I think it should be. But you thought it should be three? Okay. Now what? Florida State is undervalued. Now, Flor- so why did we talk about all the other stuff then? The Big Ten, mm-hmm. you're saying the Big Ten factor here is not relevant. Or do you think it is? If so, you got to make your case. I think it's priced into the market, as you 
So why'd discuss. you lead with it? Because it's the obvious part. And now here's the not obvious part. But the obvious part's what you skip, <laughs> not what you lead with. But go ahead. All right. Florida State is undervalued. They just beat a Colorado team by almost 20 points. And that's an impressive win under any circumstance. But the Pac-12, RJ, is 9-1 and one, straight up and against the spread in this tournament. I'm batting against And you. Florida State beat one of the best teams in the Pac-12 handily. They're undervalued. Betting against you. Crossfire, baby. This is simple. Michigan is going to be so focused on redemption. This is the ultimate. No one believes in us. You're the last. This is like the last at the Alamo. And if you, this will be you, the master of trying to find how motivation goes from 10 to 11. Wouldn't this be, I mean, in fact, I'll give you 20 seconds. Spin this that how motivated Michigan is going to be. Max motivated. That's your spin? Well, they're max motivated against LSU. They're hearing all this before the LSU game about how overrated and the Big they Ten do? was. They won. They covered. They played uh, that's a good about game. all you can do. That's yeah. about all you can do. Uh, he goes, well, they, they you know, they um, kind of won and they um, covered. He's like, yeah, they did. They, the, the, the Quinella, that, that's all we can do. To me, this is an overreaction. Whenever something happens where there's a one in five run, how could that be worth three points? How is that worth three points? I think that's overvalued. I kind of get your point. Hey, if you beat a Pac-12 team, that says something. But how much is that? What, what do we upgrade the Pac-12? A point and a half? Two points at the most? Oh, I think you've got to upgrade them three points. All right, well... They're exceeding like, expectations by 13, RJ. Well, unfortunately, we've got a hard stop. We've bet it. I'm, you got... Quickly? A Florida State plus three. And I got the other side. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can find the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight out of Vegas! 